0: Uh, this is Toko U.S. brand manager Ian Harvey. I'm here with Chris Magrel. Chris has been the Toko Race Wax Tip Coordinator since 2008, as well as a Toko Tech Team member. Additionally, Chris has been a groomer at the Mountaindale Nordic Course since 2002 and has been running the grooming crew since 2006. In addition to having had work as a Nordic uh, Nordic Ski Retail and been a Nordic Ski Instructor, Chris has also been a photojournalist and a newspaper editor. Chris is a key and long-time member of the TOCO U.S. team. Hello, Chris. Thank you for taking the time to do this interview, and be with me in this exciting and busy time of year. You're welcome. And it it is a busy time of year. As soon as I'm done here, I'm going to go up
1: and start moving some snow at Mountain Dell, and then I teach a lesson this afternoon. Cool. Well, thanks.
0: So I've said for many years, and I continue to say, TOCO race wax tips are the most important thing we do as pertains to the U.S. Nordic ski market. I wanted to talk with you specifically about your role as a Toko Race Wax Tip Coordinator and what goes into the generation of a Toko Race Wax Tip. Okay. Okay. First, um, as by way, of a bit of an introduction. I have known you for a long time. I know you to be a very passionate multi-sport outdoorsman. You Nordic ski and race, backcountry ski, and take advantage of ski lifts occasionally using whatever kind of ski equipment. You have been a, an avalanche observer in central Utah, providing information to the regional avalanche pro for his use in daily forecasts. You're also very experimental and inquisitive with your equipment uh, and accessories, such as ski waxes and tools. This attitude, coupled with a high intellect, yields a valuable sounding board and asset for me to utilize. Tell me about some of the less traditional things that you have played around with. Uh, well. I uh, am fixated
1: with um, snow on top sheets on backcountry skis. If I am going out for a backcountry day, it's easy to have a a powder pile up on the top uh, to the tune of maybe a couple of kilos per ski. And over the course of five to seven hours, that really adds up. So I'm spending lots of time experimenting with ways to keep snow from piling up on top sheets. Um, For the past year, all of my bicycles uh, have been using chains that are lubricated exclusively with Toco wax i'm doing hot wax for all of my bike chains learning a lot and really liking that um i have, am in love with skin skis and have been doing all kinds of variations on tuning skin skis now for about a decade um down to little products i don't know if you remember handing this uh what is it it's the Toco racing lip balm that you handed out a few years ago to everyone <laughs> of the Toko tech team. This stuff is amazing on zippers. I've, uh, I rock climb a yeah. lot, also, and I've got backpacks in the dirt all the time. And this stuff saves zippers. So I, I find lots <laughs> of ways to use uh, Toco products, but I also spend lots of time on snow and I'm constantly experimenting and trying to figure out how to make things better
0: on snow. So I'm going to have to ask you to elaborate on the bicycle chain NF uh, treatment because I'm going to get a flood of emails. So if you should talk about it, then it'll it'll be good, please. Uh, waxing chains at, and the
1: elite level of bicycles, especially in road cycling, uh, specifically in time trialing, uh, is something that a lot of teams were doing to try to reduce watts needed to, to improve efficiency. But one of the things that, that people have found is that your chains last a whole lot longer if they're hot waxed as opposed to any other chain lube on the market. So um, chains are expensive, cassettes are expensive, chain rings are expensive. If you can reduce chain stretch and make all of those things last longer, then you're going to save hundreds of dollars uh, every year uh, in, in replacing chains and cassettes and chain rings. Uh, it's a little bit of a hassle at the outset to get started, but once you do it, uh, one of the advantages is that you never get chain grease on anything ever again. Grab your chain, no problem. So there, there are lots of good resources out there. Cyclingtips.com has a phenomenal resource on how to get started. But I've been using Toco uh, non-old uh, old, uh, um, old Toco Molly and old NF Yellow uh, soft wax. Put it in a
0: little crock pot. Works great. So you melt it and then more or less paint it on or, or drip it on? I drop the entire chain into the crock pot. Let it sit oh, there for crap. a few minutes. Wow. Yeah.
1: So I've, I've pulled the chain off the bike. I put it into the crock pot. It sits there for a few minutes. I pull it out and let it cool and dry and then uh, break up the break up the clumps, put it on, and go pedal.
0: And it's, it's, it's incredible. Is there a way to do that uh, quicker without taking the chain off the bicycle? There are some wax drip lubes that people are using
1: that are... Uh, Maybe almost 50% as efficient, uh, but there's uh, to, to really get wax penetration, putting chains on and off is the way to do it. And I used to run pro cycling teams, I, I used to putting chains on and off all the time. So that's a, that's a no big deal for me. Okay,
0: so back to the interview. <laughs> so some years ago, I was down at the SAA Ski and Snow Sports Trade Show where we present new products to our dealers. This is something I do every year. And quite often this trade show conflicts with the Boulder Mountain Tour, which is a big event held in Ketchum Idaho every year. One of the TOCO tech team members was on the bus on the way to the start and overheard something. Uh, someone who was saying that he didn't pay attention to the TOCO wax tip that week because Ian Harvey is not in Ketchum. And so he didn't think that I could have done a great job on it. That's kind of bothered me ever since I've heard that. And I've heard it a few times over the years. So I, I want to clarify this. And it's a key component to the to our race wax tips. While I do personally generate some of the most important TOCO race wax tips, generally in collaboration with others on site, if I am not, I don't endeavor at all to pretend that I am responsible for the TOCO race wax tips. Can you please introduce the TOCO tech team and explain how we utilize them as pertains to TOCO race wax tips? You bet. So the TOCO, uh, Toco tech team is
1: a, a group of people from Maine to Alaska who are passionate skiers. Uh, they're very experienced Nordic skiers. In many cases, they are, uh, are coaches or have been coaches. And one of the things that you learn from being a, a junior's coach is that you're, you're on snow all the time and you're waxing tons of skis. You learn so much. You also learn a lot about how to be really efficient waxing and testing skis. So, so coaches are always a great resource for, for learning something about, about skis. Uh, but one of the things that, I mean, you can't you can't be everywhere, uh, one of the things that I learned when I first started doing this is, you know, snow is so varied, and the, uh, for a while, the first year, I would, sometimes if I had time, I would just read the forecast and then try to guess on how I would wax the skis. And I would invariably get it wrong, because the snow that I know here in Utah is completely different from... The snow that Dave Ford is dealing with in the Metau Valley in Washington, or that uh, uh, Stuart's dealing with in Maine. Uh, if, you know, when I went to Lillehammer, Norway, the things that work here don't work there because of different humidity and the different ways that the snow changes. So the TOCO Tech team brings detailed local expertise, uh, which is something that no computer generated wax tip uh, could ever do. This is from people who've skied that snow for years, some cases decades, and really
0: know that snow. Super. I, I would estimate we have about, I think it varies a little bit year to year and depends on what you, who you call a tech team member or not, because we have other people uh, who also contribute. But I think we have about 30 people on the Toko tech team. And most of them have been on the team for about 20 years, which is really important because if, if you talk to someone who's done, let's say the last 20 Boulder Mountain Tours, and they've waxed and made a recommendation last 20 Boulder Mountain Tours, I would listen to that person compared to a person who's doing it for the first time or the fifth time, because there are tendencies in each one of these areas, especially in a local site at a particular event that's held at the same time every year. You know, like the last hill in the Alpen, uh, the uh, Creek Chase. There's a, there's a large hill at the finish, before the finish, and towards the end of the race, that hill gets direct sunlight. And you need to pay attention to that hill and make sure you have a kick on that hill for example, and our local tech knows that, and he, he has that in mind when he's doing the tip or someone else might not be aware of it. There are a lot of uh, nuances that they're aware of. Okay, um, additionally, do you know of any other teams like this in the country?
1: I don't right now. Uh, I know that there have been, and there might currently be some Lex companies that will have a handful of people here or there feeding them some information. Uh, but in terms of having so many people in so many regions who have decades of expertise uh, creating wax tips and knowing their venues, knowing their snow, I,
0: I we're, we are unique. That's my opinion, too. I've seen other brands have, you know, somewhere around five or maybe even seven across the country, but um, not the experience and not the numbers and the detail that we have. So some a few examples of people on the tech team, you've already touched on a few, but we have um, three Olympians. We have uh, a recent UST team member in Ben Luskarten. We have, if I go to the junior nationals, which I do sometimes, I'll probably see 10 TOCO tech team members there representing, coaching their respective uh, regions. So it's a really experienced and diverse and great group. It's, I think it's very important to notice that this team is very expensive for us to maintain. They all have our latest waxes, tools, gloves and bags and are educated not only about TOCO products but are very informed on waxing techniques, wax selection, historical and current local conditions. There's a training that they go through every year or every other year and have been for many years. In a great many cases, the TOCO tech team members are participating in the very race that they're making recommendations for or coaching at it and are testing on course prior to making the recommendation. So those are all really important points to recognize. Um, you use a template that you generate and submit to the tech teamers that encourage uniformity and complete information. Can you speak to this, please?
1: Yeah, the template is something that we've been using for uh, decades, and it helps uh, do a variety of things. One, it, it creates a, a professionalism and consistency, and users will go to the TOCO website, and they'll know how to quickly read the TOCO race wax tip, get the information that they need. Uh, but I'm also trying to prompt some, some questions for, for the, the Tech team people who are putting it in. Um, uh, for example, loops versus point to point, things ski differently. We were debating this just yesterday about a race in Michigan mm-hmm. on the wax recommendation because it's a point to point versus a loop. Um, we uh, have hot links in our template that uh, show you how to Use various techniques, especially things that we use frequently, that might be odd to people. The uh, base green wax trick comes to mind. So you can have the best waxes in the world, but if you don't really know how to apply them, it's you're not gonna you're not gonna win the day. So we try
0: to give you great information, but also show you how to use it. There, uh, you mentioned this. This wasn't something I was planning on talking about, but it's a key point. You mentioned loop versus point to point. Uh, Most people, when they're considering what to wax in a race, they look at the temperature, they might look at the snow a little bit, and that's it. But as an example, this is one of the many factors that we consider. When, it, when it's a loop race, the snow gets skied in, and if, especially in classic, it'll glaze. As compared to it's a point-to-point, there'll be far less skiers skiing over that very snow because they're only skiing in at one time. And so we take that into consideration because if the snow glazes, it makes it uh, the higher moisture content, and effectively you need to use a warmer wax, either kick or glide. If it's windblown, if it's very cold overnight, but then it's the, a lot of people look at the air temperature only if it's very cold overnight and then start, start air temperatures at like 30 degrees, you might be way off if it was minus five overnight, which is, is the probability there. The, the snow crystal type, the, uh, dirt content, um, classic versus skate, generally, uh, in a, in a glide wax, you might go a little warmer compared to a, a skate race and you're in a classic race because, the snow gets more skied in, of course, because everyone's skiing in the same path. So we consider a lot of these things. Anything to add about that?
1: Yeah, you mentioned uh, air temperature, snow temperature. So uh, you you are the example, the perfect example, the best example of expertise on one course. No one in the world has tested or skied Soldier Hollow more than you. True, As far as I know, I can't imagine that anyone anywhere close to the... Uh, The two decades of testing on Soldier Hollow, uh, and it's your home course, and you know it better than anyone else. Um, It's always funny to me to watch people who come to Utah for a vacation or a visit, and they're going to go jump into a race at Soldier Hollow, a (laughs) citizens race, and they look at the forecast. And man, I love lining up with them because their skis are always slow. (laughs) (laughs) Because, you know, air temperature, uh, you know, snow temperature lags air temperature. Uh, Soldier Hollow is sunny, it warms up fast, that snow doesn't warm up fast. So, this is, the, this is one of those things where the local expertise, if we're looking at, if, if you're looking for a wax recommendation at Soldier Hollow, uh, there's no one more experienced in the world than Ian Harvey on a wax recommendation at Soldier Hollow.
0: But another example about Soldier Hollow, but it's the same in Bozeman at, at um, now what's called Crosscut. And it's also the same in Steamboat. You've got uh, a hill or a mountain to the west, which is where the storms come from. And so the, the clouds go up high before they, before they dump snow in Sodor Hollow. They have to cross that mountain first. And because of that, the snow that falls there is especially dry compared to the snow that would have fallen if those mountains hadn't been there. And so I find that makes a huge difference, too. For example, at Soda Hollow, we get an inordinate amount of grapple snow, that styrofo- those styrofoam balls, which, which are extremely dry despite falling at 30, 30 to 35 degrees Fahrenheit it's a very unique thing that we get. And and through the West, there are other pockets that get an inordinate amount of grapple snow. And that snow, you got to know what you're doing to wax for that. It's very tricky. Okay. So we generally have multiple members of the Toko tech team for the bigger regions. And these teams generally collaborate when making their recommendations before finally agreeing and deciding on a final recommendation. This synergy surely improves the quality and reliability of our race wax tips. When you say, I know you've been a had a firsthand um, a front-row seat to a lot of these conversations within the teams. Can you talk about that, please? Sure. When you were mentioning when
1: we were talking about what other companies might or might not be doing, and said that you know maybe somebody has four or five people feeding them the, the, from the around the country, we have normally seven people in the Midwest alone. That's uh, uh, Michigan, Wisconsin, Minnesota, uh, and these these people normally generate about 100 tips a year. There's a huge racing scene including a really vibrant high school racing scene and we post tips for the, the high school regionals and the high school states. So we are doing loads of tips in the Midwest. but uh, the skiers, most many of them are coaches, uh, former Olympian in there as well, they've all skied these courses for a few decades. They know each other's courses, they know each other's weather and so before they send me the tip, they're sending it to each other to get feedback from everyone else in their group. So just like if you're at a, at a big event and you're standing in a wax cabin, there's such a benefit to having uh, other people to, to bounce ideas off of. Teams are stronger with input from other experienced waxers. So in the Midwest, we find this same thing. Everyone knows that everyone they're sending that email to in the team is a really experienced waxer who knows their courses, knows their snow. So they'll run it through each other
0: before they send it to me to see if there are any, uh, any suggestions. Super. Uh, we were talking a bit earlier about the tech team and, and me, for example, being in a trade show now and then during it. It's the same with the Berkey. I'm at the Berkey X. When I get to the Berkey, I set up the expo. I might go, I generally go for ski after I get there. But then I set up the expo and then I'm at the expo, something like two 14-hour or 16-hour shifts or something crazy like that. And people are constantly coming in and asking me how it's skiing out there. I'm not being a liar when I ask them, when I answer their questions. John Bauer is a, a famous skier in the United States. He's a top skier still. He was, he's generally top 50 in the Berkey. Last year, I think it was 20th as a 50 year old. He's our kick wax tester at the Berkey. He lives there. He knows the conditions. And while I'm at the expo, he's out there skiing and, and calling in and texting in tips all day. And then I have other people testing glide wax while I'm at the expo. So. That's another example of how great it is to be part of this team that we've assembled, where I can communicate and be the hub of communication and also have a certain amount of competence, of course, but I don't have to be everywhere doing everything at the same time, which is not the case with some of our uh, friends.
1: Also, the, if you had just flown in for the week of the race, uh, <clears throat> there's, there's a lot to be said for knowing the history and the trends of the, the previous week on that snow and how that's going to yeah. affect things on, on race
0: day. Yeah. Especially at the Berkey, because there's a lot of debris traditionally at the Berkey. Uh, You might get a windstorm and you get a lot of bark and leaves and whatnot, as well as a little dirt. And that's a key thing to know about when, when, especially when you're addressing kick wax. So when you receive a tip from one of the tech team members, Chris, what are the things that you proof to ensure proper quality control?
1: Uh, In addition to the standard uh, things of, uh, looking for typos, uh, making sure spacing is right. The, uh, it's, it's easy for people to get confused on a day or a date. So, uh, this weekend, for example, it's, everything is Saturday the 8th or Sunday the 9th. And I already had a handful of Saturday the 9th or Sunday the 8th. So looking for those to try to get the day and date correct. The big one that bothers me, and I blew one earlier this year is a race that is, uh, a memorial race that has someone's name in it, because usually that name is somebody who was really important in their Nordic community, and and naming a race for them is a way to honor their legacy and to thank them for all they did for that Nordic community. I try very hard to double check those names and make sure I never misspell a name. I missed one earlier this year, and that really bothers me.
0: Cool. Um, one of the things that you've been doing the last maybe eight years is including hot links, so people can click on the wax tip, and they can go straight to the organizers page. I think that's a, a great practice that you've started doing. It's very convenient for people. And that way they can double check.
1: One of the things it does also is it frees up some space. We have limited space, we keep these to one sheet. Mm-hmm. And uh, some races have lots of different start times. If we list all those start times, maybe we don't have room to tell you everything we need to tell you about weather conditions and track conditions. And that's that's our role. We need to tell you about Uh, track conditions and how to wax
0: we'll give you a link so somebody else can tell you the precise start time of every wave super good point so uh here's an important question so what does this wax tip that we generate represent is this is there like a a special better tip for for ourselves or for sponsored racers or what what does this tip represent oh so there's
1: so many layers to this and i know this from going up and working the berkey expo or working in the Boulder Mountain Tour Expo, or working at ski shops at these events. At the Berkey Expo, especially on years that I'm doing classic, I will have, over the course of four hours, more than 100 people say to me, OK, as I'm handing them the tip, OK, but what are you putting on your skis? As if there's some secret sauce or something special or something different. We put out a tip that shows you what we're going to do. Uh, I, I wax my skis based on the Toko Race Wax Tip, especially at something like the Berkey or the Boulder Mountain Tour. I don't live there. And the people who are creating this tip do. And ski John Bauer skis that trail every day. It goes past his door. I, I would never second guess his Race Wax Tip. So um, yeah, we get this a lot of, oh, well, yeah, but what are you going to do? But what I'm gonna do is follow the, the tip because this is in effect, super talented waxers uh, telling their buddies, you know, this is telling your friends, here's inside knowledge, here's how to have the fastest skis. That's what every Toko Race Wax tip is. One other element, though, is that you can uh, you don't have to use, well, here, we'll, we'll, we'll throw one caveat on there. There is the only time that I don't follow the tip, uh, sometimes I put two top coats on. There have been times that I have done both Jetstream and Helix back in the, the high floral, pure floral top coat days. We never posted a tip that showed Helix and Jetstream, because we don't want people to think that we're just trying to pry their wallet out and ring every last dollar out. Um, so that there's the one time that I, I have varied. That's a good point. The elements of our tips is that uh, we're telling you how to have optimal skis. We're telling you the fastest possible wax. But uh, in our little boilerplate on every one of them, it says, you don't have the HF. Use the the performance or the base performance. and and the temperatures are the same, so it's really simple. It's really simple for somebody to own the entire Toco Glide line or the entire Toco Kick line. It's not a lot of products with a wide range, so it's really simple. So if you don't have the the high performance uh, versions, or next year when we have some top coats back again, if you don't have that, stay with the colors. Step down
0: and do what fits your budget or your desires. So those are great points, and they're important to us. Um, but uh, to add to what you're saying, I've finished a lot of races with some very fast skis, famously fast skis. Um, they've been kind of conspicuously fast. and after the race I'm I'll get asked by 40 people. What did you use in your skis? And basically every time I use the wax tip, it's as simple as that. Of course you need to have the proper structure and we also reference recommend a structure in the wax tip and then skis that run in those conditions and hopefully good skis but that's a funny thing i had that at, the, at a berkey the, the year that Bjorn
1: Dali came over and did the uh the wisconsin berkey and did the classic i was a top 100 finisher in the classic that year and straight toko wax tip and in the second half as i was merging with skate skiers there was not a skate skier who could keep up with me down the hills and then we'd start going uphill and I'd start striding and then they'd say,
0: wait, you're on classic skis. What do you have on there? Toko tip. Yeah. So uh, once you are satisfied, how is this information distributed to the American skiing public? So we, the, the, the primary way people see our tips
1: is going on to the, the website to tokous.com and uh, going to the wax tips, which is at the top and you can click on there. You can see all of the tips. You can, if you just want to see your region, you can click on your region and and eliminate some of the other uh, races. Uh, there is a, um, we send out an e blast every Thursday morning that has all of the tips on there with hot links. So you can sign up on that through the TOCO website to get these e blasts every week. We also put them up on Facebook and on Twitter. And then for some people who are uh, TOCO tech team people, uh, inside industry people, we also are doing a uh, a little email, but it's, it's, no different information. It's the information that goes out on the eblast, all of the races that we have so far
0: and a hot link to every one of them. Thank you. So this is one thing that's generated a bit of confusion. And that is in that weekly email that we send out on Thursdays, uh, we we, we have kind of a deadline because we wanna, we try to hit, is it 10 a.m. Mountain Standard Time, two days before the first race, which means Thursdays. And we know that there are some more events, but we haven't gotten the information but we got to go to press, so to speak. So that email goes out because that's all the information we have. And then I'll get an email saying, hey, what about the so-and-so race and -and so-and-so on Saturday? And I'll say, hold on a sec. And I'll look at the website and it's on there because we got the information just after the email went out because of a changing forecast or waiting to hear from a groomer or waiting to hear some tests. You know, we're pretty thorough about this stuff. And so if it doesn't make the email, it doesn't mean we didn't do the tip on it what you should do and what people should do is check the website because generally it's on there. Does that sound good? Yes. Yeah. And you, you mentioned that, uh, you know,
1: things that might delay us. Uh, Toko tech team members are regularly reaching out to coaches, to managers at Nordic venues and talking to groomers uh, because that's a great way to know uh, how the snow is skiing and what to expect uh, in terms of
0: uh, when they're going to groom that that's going to affect, that's going to affect the wax. Yeah, for example, if it's forecasted to groom, uh, to snow three inches of new snow, we want to know, are they going to groom it after it snows, or are we going to have three inches of new snow on top of groomed trail, for example. That's really important. Okay, so sometimes formatting has been a challenge when posting to the broadcast emails, and after fighting with it for a while, in the interest of making our deadline of before 10 a.m. Mountain Standard Time two days before the event, you send it out with formatting that is not the way you would like it you know it's kind of conspicuously wrong somehow extra spaces or something that happens once in a while or afterwards you've noticed a uh, you've noticed a strange occurrence with wax tips from other brands what have you noticed
1: uh so it's it's been a while but there were there were there were there were times that we clearly saw other brands Cutting and pasting from our from our race wax tips, uh, places where I had made an error, and thrown in extra spaces, as you mentioned, things like that, and the exact same thing shows up in somebody some other brand's race wax tip. So uh, I, it was it was pretty fun on the tips in times that we were late on a tip. Um, I'd watch other people put up their tips, but not have that one. <laughs> so uh, I don't know that it's happening anymore, but certainly in the past we we were certain that there were other manufacturers who were waiting to see what TOCO posted, and then just go to town. Uh, and we take that as a compliment,
0: that they're saying these guys are the experts. And with good reason. We've been doing this for a long time and we have a team that no one else has. So so there's something else, I've noticed that we are generally the first race tip to come out, except for sometimes, for example, the Berkubiner, that's different because everyone's got a team there and there's working on it. but when it comes to your, your smaller regional events, we're generally the first tip to come out and this is not by design, we don't we're not trying to be the first ones to be out. We're just trying to be consistent in the predictability of our delivery. We have a, a self-imposed deadline. Do you get the sense that other brands are waiting for our tip and then translating the tip into their colors? Sometimes, sometimes yes. Should the forecast or conditions change? Sometimes we do an update. How does that work? So uh, updates, if, if something has changed,
1: well, the, if something has changed dramatically to the point that it will change our, our wax recommendation, we will update it uh, and we try to do it as soon as we possibly can. The, we have to do something on a useful time frame. If somebody sends me uh, something at uh, 10 o'clock on a Friday night for a 9 a.m. Saturday start, that's pointless. We're just, we're just upsetting skiers at that point. And it looks like we're just doing it to, to, to cover our tail. So um, on a useful time frame, if there's something that's dramatically going to change the wax, we will post an update. And it will say update very clearly on the list. When you open up the actual wax tip, you will see update in there in all caps. And if you have the eblast uh, or the Facebook or the Twitter, uh, it will go to the new version. So when you click on that, it's substituting, so you will you will get the updated version. So there's a way to feel confident. You know, frequently the weather's is uh, pretty stable, and most of the time we don't update tips. But when the weather is really unstable, uh, and we we try to make the best tip that we can in a
0: timely manner. One thing that's been quite common with the Berkey and the Boulder Mountain Tour is um, you get a forecast, long term forecast, and you know we're using our long term. Uh, <laughs> experience as well make a tip and then during the week the forecast changes like three times we generally not always but we generally are are kind of uh trying to be steady at the wheel and not chase the forecast and almost inevitably not always but quite often the forecast returns to what it was originally and our wax tip with stayed the same oftentimes is the same now and then we chase it but for the most part that's that's kind of a cool thing to notice Okay, Uh, our race wax tips have the name usually of the Toco Tech team member who is ultimately responsible for generating the recommendation. Why do you think that this is a good practice?
1: You know, we have a group of people who really take pride in their work, and they know their community. They're they're known in their community. Uh, If you're in the Metau, that tip is always from Dave Ford. He is a he is a one one person team up there. But if you're in the Midwest, it could be from any of seven people or here in, in Utah, um, the Wasatch Citizen Series. It's usually from one of two or three people. And so to, it, it's, it's nice to be able to go ask them details about the tip and see that name and know, know the person behind it. It's not, a, it's not me. It's not Ian Harvey. It's, not, it's definitely not a computer somewhere that uh, somebody's plugged a uh, weather forecast into. It's, it's uh, a real person, and
0: they take pride in, in what they do. Thank you. So we, you touched on this earlier a little bit, but with our race wax tips, we try to achieve a balance between providing complete information, such as every alternative wax and option, to making a clear and readily understandable presentation. Can you please talk about some of the things that we do to achieve this balance?
1: So that, uh, as mentioned before, the, the ability to step down to a performance or base performance of the same color is, is important. Not everybody has a wax box stocked, filled with uh, high performance. Um, the uh, the ability to go and look at a video, a very short video, uh, that that shows you in two minutes what the base green trick means and exactly how to do it. That's important. If you if you don't know how to put the kick wax on properly, you can have all the right stuff, but you're it's not going to work. If you don't know how to to scrape or brush your skis, or especially out here in the West where we have such abrasive usually cold dry snow if you if you're not brushing properly you're going to have slow skis so taking uh, just two minutes most of these most of these how-to videos are uh, less than three minutes and they show you really clearly how to
0: utilize these things so that's a part of providing the information in each tip so you have links on the tip that people can click on to go directly to those videos correct fantastic and the, the explanation about the different colors having similar temperature ranges and being able to move up or down is also on the bottom, I think, of that wax yeah. tip. Generally, it's at the bottom of every tip. Yeah. Super. Um, we always include a forecast and expected conditions section in our wax tips. Why is this so important? Well,
1: the the forecast might be the might be the single most important thing. If you don't know how cold it's going to be or whether it's going to be windy or whether it's going to be sunny, uh, you're, you're just guessing. You might as well just pull any th- random thing out of your box and throw it on your skis. The, uh, every TOCO Tech team member is pretty fixated with looking at weather forecasts. And for a, a standard race, they're looking at usually at least two different weather sources. Uh, looking closely at the hourly. Uh, Checking not just the temperature, but the the temperature in the the days or the hours leading up to the race. As mentioned before, snow temperature lags air temperature, so being able to have some experience knowing what the overnight lows are going to do for a 9 a.m. race or a 10 a.m. race or a noon race is really important. Knowing if it's going to be windy, that's going to affect the snow temperature. It's also going to affect dirt or debris on the course. It might change what we do for kick wax, for example, or for structure uh the sunny versus shady is is very important so we we spend an awful lot of time looking at forecasts and that's just for a loop course just for a standard course if you're doing a point-to-point course for something like uh, the brink of miner where you're traveling 54 52 50k you're going through different regions same with boulder mountain tour even though it's only 32k there are distinct differences in there so the forecast at galena and then the the forecast at uh, near the finish line and then the forecast in between when you've got this 10K of V2 alternate where the race is frequently determined, you need to be looking at all of those. So we, we do this. I'm sure that the people who are uh, providing our tips uh, up in Ketchum uh, have several different spot forecasts on their bookmarks. I know that um, I, I, I have loads of custom forecasts. Uh, um, I don't just look at a Salt Lake forecast to figure out a, a race.
0: So another, another aspect of that, in my perspective, is there's an education component. I know a lot of people that actually go to WAX tips throughout the country on, to, for, for races that they have no interest in participating in, and they look at the, the forecasted conditions or expected conditions, and then our tip, and then they might ask questions or think about it. So that's something that I know what a lot of people like to do. And another thing is if the, if, the, if the forecast is up in the air, it might snow, it might rain, it might, you know, whatever, we put down expected conditions. So this is what we think is gonna happen. And this is our wax recommendation based on that. If someone's like, you know what, I've lived here for 50 years and I think this is what's gonna happen. Okay, then you might wanna make a change. But this is what we're recommending based on this expectation. So that's, that's a really important point. Chris, how many race wax tips do you think that you have posted since 2008? And what are some of the more exotic circumstances that you have found yourself posting from?
1: So I've been uh, I've I've been posting tips every uh, well editing and posting every Wednesday night Thursday morning uh, for for more than a decade, um, and and in the case of high school stuff I'm posting all week long once we start getting to high school regional sectionals, uh, so um, I have been fortunate to be posting tips uh, sitting in a hotel in Falun Sweden while I'm there for Masters Worlds. Or in lovely Shishon, Norway, on the Berkebeiner Trail, while I was there to, to race the Um, I used to run pro mountain bike teams. So oftentimes I was sitting in the passenger seat of a van traveling to California, wishing that I was skiing, but instead I'm going to a bike race and I'm sitting there posting race wax tips there. I've done, uh, I'm an avid backcountry skier, and uh, so I've been at a little hut only accessible by a helicopter way up in the Selkirk Mountains in the Canadian Rockies, posting with an incredibly slow uh, access, uh, fearful that I was going to have to skip skiing for the day, which is really painful when you're in the Canadian Rockies in the back country. So, um, eh, you know, in the, in the and because I, because I uh, run the grooming operations at Mountain Dell. Uh, on Thursdays and Fridays, I'm, my laptop is always in the car because I might get a call about an update and I need to try to update it as quickly as possible. So I'm sitting there huddled in, there, there's nothing up there that's heated. So I'm sitting in my van freezing and hoping my fingers work enough that I can make the laptop work and, and update there. <laughs> Super,
0: Well, that's, I guess that's how it is when you're in the wax wax uh, and tool industry. You gotta be uh, flexible and creative. Um, Chris, I'm very grateful to be able to draw on your obvious expertise and competence in coordinating the TOCO wax tips. Um, these are the most important thing that we do in the Nordic market, and you're the key guy there. I rest easy knowing that this, is a, this very difficult task is in your very capable hands, along with, um, with, my, with me and the rest of the TOCO tech team's assistance. Thanks for your 14 years of service to me, the TOCO brand, and the, to the American ski racing public.
1: My pleasure. I'm glad to be a part of it.